Hi, I'm Carolyn. Hi, I'm Jeremy, and we're licensed marriage and family therapists in California. And we've been friends for the past 20 years. For 10 of those years, we've been working as therapists with families, couples, and individuals. And one of us has been through a divorce, a remarriage, and a blended family. Welcome to Weenus, a relationship podcast. Welcome to the Weenus podcast, where today we're going to be talking about relationships in 2020 and the time of COVID. I think that this is really important because no one is talking about this. Why is no one talking about this, Jeremy? I don't, I don't know. You know, I, I, he, I hear a lot of kind of like nicky nacky kind of relationship advice where it's like, play a game and this sort of stuff. And, and it's not really substantive stuff when you're stuck at home with a person that you love for like six months, okay? We're all human. And there's, there's, there's certain things that need to be done to make sure that there's some, some room for each other in this. And, it's, and it really is more than just simply, you know, playing a game with somebody or saying something nice. You know, th these things are important too, but I, I don't exactly know why more people aren't talking about this, but I have a feeling that we're really going to have to, as, as, a, as a profession, start getting real with this. Right. Do you think it's that other people aren't having any problems and that I'm just weird? Because we're having problems. <laughs> you know? Based on the number of phone calls I am getting for couples counseling, I don't think that's the case. And, okay. and generally what I'm seeing in my practice is people who are struggling with anxiety and mm -hmm. depression and the lack of community because they, you know, we're used to being able to go out on the weekend, enjoy ourselves, maybe go wine tasting, maybe go out to dinner or you know, bowling or whatever it is that we do with our friends. And these things are incredibly important for the, the, the nurturing of self. And I, I think that for really for me, I hadn't really noticed how much I crave community until all of a sudden like that, it was gone. And, and then it's weird and people are social distancing and then some people are making a political statement by whether or not they're wearing a mask or not. And, and you're slotted in one camp or another because of this sort of thing. Uh, and so it's, it's a very strange time we're living in. And I, I know that that strangeness is not just simply in our communities, it's at home in our relationships. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, my husband uh, pointed out that it's like, all these little things are just coming up over and over. You know, we're not, it's not big stuff. It's just that we're around each other all the time. He's a teacher. And so he was home all summer. I'm working from home. So we're just around each other all the time. And I am more introverted. So I don't really mind this. But even for me, like you said, I typically every weekend we'd have people over. We live in a house that we got specifically for hosting and entertaining and having friends over to and now we're kind of stuck. And my husband's a lot more like you, where he's very extroverted, loves going out, loves spending time with people, and is really missing that, and actually found it really pretty challenging all of a sudden to just be, it's like kind of sensory deprivation for, for a lot of extroverts like you guys, where it's, where it's just all of a sudden cut off, um, whereas I know your wife as well is, is a little more introverted. We can kind of spend time at home and not be so bothered by it, but to just spend time just around the same person a person that we love and have chosen to commit to and spend our lives with every day, all the time, 
it gets to be a lot. And I think that we start, and then it's kind of like that idea of the struggle switch where I feel anxious or I feel depressed or we're having challenges in our relationship. And then on top of that, I'm beating myself up because I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be having challenges or I shouldn't be feeling this way. And we start to kind of just pile it all on. I mean, I think anytime in our relationships where we struggle, we really judge ourselves because we try to present this idea of like, you have to have a good relationship with no struggles and no arguments and everything's good all the time in order to be successful in some way. I mean, and I just, I think that it's time to be a little more honest. Like y'all are having some fights out there, right? Like it's tough. You, you know, and, and you, you've talked about, uh, uh, you know, uh, you and your husband and, and my wife and I have this kind of dynamic where you have the introvert and the extrovert. Uh, I, I'm also working with couples where sometimes the two of them are more similar to one another, where mm-hmm. both of them struggle with some depression. And when you have that, you tend to, in situations like this, have mounting on mounting levels of hopelessness and yeah. social isolation and the need to kind of force yourself to get outside, get some sort of exercise. And then of course, all of the state is burning down right now. So you don't want to go on a bike ride right now because 2020 is just getting better. Uh, and, and so there comes this need for mutual support in recognizing what the other one is going through. Mm-hmm. That's something that we're kind of going to get to talking about here, where there is need for communication and there's need for um, one side of a couple to communicate their feelings in a very straightforward way in essentially saying, I think I'm starting to feel a downward uh, depression spiral right now. And, you know, of course, either, you know, get to see in your psychiatrist or getting involved in the things that, that enrich you and really feed you, but communicate that to your partner for the purpose of your partner being able to adjust and support you and maybe tone it down a little bit if, uh, if you happen to be like me and uh-huh. love and love love talking loud or fast or or things like that and and so these sorts of things can can help one side of a relationship communicate needs to the other side so that if there is some falling mood that that, that it can be supported uh, and that the um, the both sides are watching each other in the way that they're responding to things and so that you're being perceptive in what your partner is going through, whether they're communicating it with you or not. And so that you can ask the question, how you feeling? And do you need anything? Well, and I think, I think it's important to ask that question. I mean, back in the day when my husband and I actually went out into the world and came back home at the end of the day, one of the, my favorite things that I always look forward to was kind of, we call them just downloads, you know, kind of sitting down every day, hearing about how his day was. Typically, my response is like, it was good. Um, You know, with all the confidentiality that we have, I don't get to share a lot of details of my day. Um, But I get to hear a lot about his as a teacher. Um, But just having that chance to kind of check in um, and notice those things about our partner. If my husband were to come home and say, it was good, I would say, (laughs) really, that would be a big red flag to me that something's wrong. Um, So, it's good to pay attention, but it's also good as a partner not to have to guess, right? Like, so if my partner just comes to me and says, 
I'm having a tough day, you know, and even if he can't tell me why, because, you know, my first question is, oh, what's going on? Um, maybe he can't tell me why, but it's okay to just say I'm having a tough day because that tells me a lot of things. That tells me, like you said, that I need to kind of be more mindful to pay attention, that he's not going to take jabs probably as easily, um, and to just kind of scale back a little bit and maybe kind of um, provide some support. What do you think people should look out for? So I think that depression, especially right now, like we're all at home so much, it kind of feels like the winter blues, but it's been going on for forever. What do you think people should look out for if, if, they, if they're just noticing, like maybe right now is the first time you've noticed that things just aren't your normal? You know, what, it, what, what might that look like when it's kind of just that sneaky, not, you know, I can't get out of bed kind of depression, but just kind of a little more sneaky? Yeah, and, and, and there, there's a lot of things. And, and I think the most important thing to realize is that you know your partner best. And what is different is it that they're quieter is it they don't like reading anymore? Is it that they're different in their hygiene or, or just little things like that where they, maybe they're overeating uh, because they do, they do stress eating. Maybe they're under eating, but notice more subtle, different uh, behaviors. And so that you can think to ask, are you okay? Do you need anything? Uh, and, and it can be really just as simple as carving out time every day to just simply change it up, whether that means going on a walk um, every day in a different direction than you, okay. than, than you do. So it's not the same walk every day, it's something different. Um, uh, my, my wife and I tend to start our day with talking about the news and everything is so doom and gloom, the question uh, generally is, so what's terrible today? And yeah. usually Twitter has a fantastic conveyor belt of terrible news that, uh, that, you, can, that you can read and um, discuss in a, in a thoughtful and fun way. Uh -huh. If it's not bumming you out too much, because I know that the news has just been a, a real bummer for a lot of people. And so, yeah. you know, it depends on the frequency of which the sense of humor between the two of you uh, and the, uh, make, make sure, making sure you're kind of in tune with where your partner is going and, and what, they're, what they're thinking, how they're behaving that might be a little bit different from normal, slower or, or just changing habits. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think, it, I think it's important to check in with each other. I think it's important to pay attention to that, but also not to just wait for your partner to guess. You know, if you're able to notice those things in yourself, um, to be able to bring that to them, and then I think as, you know, I think people are going to learn a lot about me in this first episode. Number one, they're going to know the character of my husband, um, Jesse, and your wife, Sherry. Yes. Uh, number two, they're going to know that I am a self-proclaimed um, and well-identified codependent. So I think as a codependent, I often really struggle in asking for help. So even if I'm feeling anxious or I'm feeling depressed, I don't want to have to ask my partner for anything with that. I feel like I should be able to just get it together. Um, and so I think that what I often encourage my own clients, you know, I, I struggle to do it myself, but what I encourage people to remember is if I can say to my, if my partner just sees that I'm anxious, he's told me flat out, I would just rather you say I'm anxious or I'm depressed. I would rather you come to me with that than we spend all day kind of fighting or in disagreement. And then eventually he goes, oh, you're anxious. And I go, no, it's you. It's so there's something wrong with you. 
Um, and then eventually I go, you're right, I'm anxious. <laughs> and if I could just in that moment say to him, like, I would really love it if you could come sit next to me or give me a hug. And that might come from maybe like your five love languages, which I think are really important to speak um, right now. You know, when we're stuck at home with each other, like you said, we kind of get in just this pattern of behavior and we don't really think about each other so much as just kind of like getting through another tough day. But if, um, you know, there's a great on the, if you just look up five love languages, um, Gary Chapman's book is wonderful and they've got a quiz online you can take and you can find out what your love languages are. Minor acts of service and, and physical touch as well as words of encouragement. Um, and my husband's is really like quality time. And so being able to voice those things, like I could just really use a hug. Um, and also just remembering to have empathy. You know, our, our partners have feelings too. So if I've just been kind of an anxious jerk all day, and then I say I could really use a hug, you know, someone said to me once, you can't hug a porcupine. Um, and so just, my husband once said to me like, you know, I, I have emotions too. And so I know it sounds silly, especially as a therapist, but that really knocked me out of my seat to remember that like, I'm not the only one feeling anxious here. I'm not the only one feeling frustrated here. Like he has the right to feel those things too. Um, so speaking those love languages and having empathy for each other that, that we both have feelings, like we're both going through this, whether we're introverted or like you guys extroverted, we're all experiencing this at the same time. You know what I've been noticing about a few of my clients, because you're, you're, you're talking about the need here to uh, communicate uh, needs and when you're feeling anxious or, or, or depressed, I'm finding a lot of clients who have gone through this depression and anxiety pattern, who are coming to a point where they're discovering new things about themselves, oh. where the, 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 the COVID quarantine and everything like that has gone on for long enough that they've started thinking about different things that are actual values in their lives. And perhaps they were using getting together every single weekend with people as a means of not paying attention to who it is that they really are. And there's this self-development that I'm seeing happening with a few of, of my clients right now where they're, they're starting to go, you know what, I think that I've actually, you know, I used to draw when I was a kid. I want to get back yeah. into drawing. And all of a sudden, for the first time, they have the room in their lives right. to do something that that they really love to do pulling out the drumsticks and and playing again or and 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 youtube is this wonderful like fantastic universe of of how to's um and and whether that's the how to on how to fix the door of your car or a five minute yoga that you can do as a couple or a five-minute guided meditation. It doesn't have to be, I mean, no one's expecting you to turn into a yogi overnight, but just trying new things. There's, there's online games that you can engage as a couple in that are a, a lot of fun. And using this time of change and upheaval as a, as a mechanism and a road to reinventing who you are, reinventing your interests as a couple, you may find instead of feeling that, that pressure of the dead end, the, the pressure of when will society open, open up again because I really love shopping and, and that's a, an important thing that I love doing. Maybe you also love um, guided meditation. Uh, maybe you also 
have the opportunity now to actually sit down and learn the guitar or, right. or some song that you've always wanted to learn how to sing or yeah. what have you actually be creative and reinvent and involve your partner at some capacity in that because there's so much strength in learning something together. Yeah. And I think if we look at this like an opportunity and I know that, that for some that this has definitely hit harder than others. Um, and it may be difficult to look at this as this kind of open opportunity. Um, but the more that we can kind of allow for, for both of those things to be present, that this is, this is challenging. There's suffering, like true suffering. And it's also opening opportunities for us to look at, you know, going to school, like is just everyone going to school from this time to this time every day? Is that really the best way to teach our kids? I hope that this is an opportunity to take a look at some of those things. And it's definitely a time to take a look at our relationships in both kind of being more present with each other. You know, I think again, on that day-to-day -day basis of just like, we're here all the time. You, you know, it's like my husband tends to kind of it's like, if I'm always here, he can just always hear me, but I really want to be heard, you know, like, so when your partner comes to you and wants to talk about the groceries or making dinner, um, to just actually listen to them and to engage in conversation, to remember that we can actually be social with one another, um, even if it, you know, even if we've been social with, with one another for the past five months, you are still the best source of connection for your partner and, and really listening and being present with them and actually paying attention and having conversation instead of kind of zoning out, which is what our brain kind of wants to do. You know, it's funny over the past week, I've had four different people text me or say to me in person, I, I think I do, I'm just going to hibernate, like just wake me up when this is over. And it kind of feels like we're all getting a little burnt out and we're kind of getting to that point in our relationships where we're like, yeah, just, just catch me up when this is done. Like, and I think that it's just so important to be present and social with your partner and give them that, that real gift of, of being social with them. Well, and, and in this, you finally brought up the C word and the C, yeah, yeah. I, I love how wide your eyes open on that children, oh. children. And this is something that we haven't yet talked about, but I do know that people are being driven bonkers by <laughs> children uh, and we're heading into the next school year where there is also really a, a lot of uncertainty about what a school look like right. and how do you as a working mother or father help your child focus on a zoom schooling situation when they're very very young right. while also being productive at work and I know that I, I have I have several personal friends who are doing you know mornings with kiddo through classes and helping them focus and everything like that. And I'm getting emails from these people at like midnight and one uh, a.m. and and the sleeping pattern of parents is being disrupted so so substantially in this. And I, I think it's it's definitely worth mentioning here because you know we're talking about you know weenus and and the and the couple's relationship, but we're also talking about families here. Right. And this is a really, really tough situation where we've designed our lives in a, a lot of cases around, uh, around the need for the income that our family is pulling in, which means that you can't just leave what you're doing and 
your child is now home because they can't go to school and and you need to supervise that because children aren't very good at staying focused on a Zoom call. Right. Yeah, and also kind of giving them a little space. So I think it's, you know, I was just talking to a parent this morning who was kind of getting in, in that same loop of like, I am responsible for all of this, you know, and in structuring her child's day and taking care of her and making sure that they're doing this as her husband's working from home. And so is she, but she's kind of getting thought stuck in that thought trap of like, I have to do everything. Come to find out he's actually been checking in with her and asking, you know, what can I do to help? But that old thought of like, I'm responsible for everything, which only builds resentment and frustration have been playing for her. And so yeah. the minute that she noticed that she was able to do something with it, but if we don't notice that thought of like, I have to do everything all the time, I think we're all kind of stuck with that right now a little bit of like, you know, especially if our partners are struggling that we have to do everything and, you know, we have to pick all of that up for them when really probably they would actually really love it if we asked for the help that we needed. Yeah, I, I, think, I think so too. And, and, and a real shout out to to parents who have children who are a little bit older, your adolescent kids, because they're, they're different. I mean, they can stare at a Zoom screen uh, because they are generally pretty used to staring at screens a lot of the time. Yeah. But then there comes the point where how much isolation is too much isolation? Mm -hmm. How much is the fact that, you know, Junior doesn't have football practice this year? And, and football is really important to Junior. And there's no... Uh, there, there's no activity that that uh, Juniorette <laughs> likes to do either going on because everything is canceled. I know. And I was thinking about that. We drove past like a football stadium and I just thought my heart just broke, like thinking about all of the seniors out there who aren't going to get their senior year of football or, you know, I don't know what what is actually all going to look like, but my guess would be that a lot of people aren't going to get that. And it just whether it's football or like for you and I, kind of like the marching band experience, like yeah. a lot of that stuff is, is really going to be effective. Yeah. And, and, and these things are incredibly important to children and the, the, the couple as parents uh, need to be making sure that they're checking in with their adolescents who are missing friends mm -hmm. and, you know, school dances or these things, whatever it is that's important to your child that, just because they're in their room and they're quiet uh, and they say, I'm okay, you know, Same. teenagers are notorious for not saying what they mean. Uh, and in engaging them in, in indirect conversation and engagement that mm -hmm. may be where you go for a walk with your kid. Yeah, yeah. You know, I have a parent who's actually just started doing that and she's, she's found it. Or just meeting them where they're at, you know, like what would be interesting for you to do? So I think that there's the two sides of the coin, you know, there's acceptance and control. And I think that accepting that our partners, that we all, we all need to engage socially, but we also need some space, um, you know, and to allow your partner that space. Like if you're experiencing your own anxiety and depression, it may be a little difficult for you to kind of let your partner have their space. Um, but I think that we all need to, as much as we can in a safe way, kind of allow our partners space. So, so being social, being present, engaging, all of that takes energy. And as, as extroverted or introverted as you are, it all takes energy. So to allow your partner some space. And I was just talking with, with someone yesterday and she said, you know, I don't want to have to be the goey. 
Um, she's the, she's scheduling time to leave the house and go work elsewhere. So she's always the one leaving and she never gets time, just quiet time by herself in her own house. And I just, that really hit me of like, yeah, you know, cause I work from home just like you do. And, and my partner goes away to work to, he's, he's a teacher, but he's still teaching from his classroom via zoom. Um, because I said, go teach from the classroom. Um, he gets to be around. There's other teachers there he can talk to. Um, you know, and so that's really nice, but he almost never gets time by himself here and he'd probably like that. Um, so trying to kind of come up with ways where we can allow our partners some quiet time um, or even just checking in with them. Would you like some time to yourself? Would you like to not always have to be the one who has to go? As you're, as you're talking here, I'm thinking about some of the other things that have happened in our society and did you know that alcohol sales during the time of COVID have gone up like five times? Uh, and and there's, not surprising. There's, yeah, and, and it's become, you know, at, at first it was kind of all fun and games, everybody right. you know, posting pictures of their, you know, their bottle of scotch and, and things like this. But these things become habits uh, a lot quicker than you think they do. Uh, and, you know, if, 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 you're, if you're drinking every day, uh, you know, you might want to check into that, check in about how does your partner feel about that? Don't make your partner speak up and, and, and tell you what they think. S ask them. Yeah. Ask them. Be uncomfortable. Yeah. 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 So the, the kind of the five, you know, there's, there's a skill called please that I've been actually going over quite a bit with folks. And it focuses on our, our physical illness. Somehow that covers P and L. I'm not sure how. Um, <laughs> exercise, but but basically it's you know checking in physically with our bodies. Have you ever thing. tried to make an acronym? You just have to make it. Work. I have. I know. So it's physical illness, exercise, nutrition, sleep, and substance use. Um, and those are the things that are most important to what we call emotional regulation, um, kind of being at our optimum performance level um, to regulate our emotions. And they're the things that tend to go right out the window when we start feeling depressed or anxious or there's a crisis in the world. And so watching our substance intake, whether it's alcohol or marijuana or whatever it is, paying attention to that is just as important as paying attention to, am I getting enough sleep? And I know for a lot of people, me included, our sleeping patterns, especially in the beginning, where it really did kind of feel like the world was ending, our sleeping patterns have gotten thrown off quite a bit. So how do you get back to just these basic things? Am I getting some exercise? Am I feeding myself in a healthy and, and nutritious way? Am I getting enough sleep? Am I overdoing it on substances? Um, and is there anything physically that go, that's going on that I need to take a look at? So I think that that's kind of one of those, those ground level things that we tend to kind of feel like we're past. Like, I don't need to think about those things anymore. Like I'm 40, like mm. I, I've got that. Like, right, I sleep, I eat, I do things. Um, but they can get really out of, out of whack. So I think to kind of like wrap things up, the last thing that I'll mention is, you know, I was reading a study, a Harvard study, um, they followed 700 men since 1938. And I think it said like over 90 of them are actually still alive. Um, and they found that, and many, many studies have said this, that social connection is good for our health. It protects our brains. You know, if we have secure attachments with, with our partners, that that protects our brains. If for, for whatever reason, it helps us kind of have better memory if we have a secure and, and stable attachment with our partner. And then isolation leads to less happiness, less, you know, poorer health, 
and that people tend to have shorter lives, you know, and I've, I've read studies about, you know, um, like tribes um, kind of disconnected from the modern world where people actually live a pretty long time because they depend on each other. They're very socially connected. Whereas in our society, with all the medical advances we have, we also tend to be pretty socially isolated. Um, and so that's just a really important thing. And so I think really the focus, not only on, on us as a couple, on the we-ness of what's happening, um, but just on remaining socially connected. I know like you and I do Zoom calls a couple times a week and we may not have anything important to say, but it's just nice to see another, another person. Um, and at the end of the year, last year, when I was working on a team, we would do Zoom calls every week and, and I would just tear up to see all their faces. Um, you know, it's just there, but we need to get creative. I have a girlfriend who just had a baby five months ago now, <laughs> who I haven't met yet because mm -hmm. of all this. And I'm just kicking myself now for not like, why haven't we FaceTimed? So I'm going to reach out to her to do that and actually FaceTime and get to see her little baby um, and not just kind of wait for this all to be over or to go. I think we're all kind of realizing like back to normal may not be. Um, well, the good thing is that 2020 just seems to be getting better and better. And so I know that in no time, you know, we're, we're going to be really through this. But I can't wait for new, like, what magic we're all expecting to happen, like New Year's of 2021. And when like the fireworks <laughs> go off and we're all just like, yeah, it's still just the next day. Um, <laughs> but just recognizing, and I know that you know, but just recognizing that our brain likes to create story even where there isn't one. So I know that we all, we've joked about it a number of times here, um, but this isn't actually Armageddon. These are just a lot of unique events that are happening all at the same time. And our brains are putting those together in this kind of Armageddon package. It's easier for us. We've seen the movie. Um, mm -hmm. And so just kind of remembering that this isn't like the world isn't actually ending, I don't think, but that's the story that our brain wants to tell. Um, but think about the impact of that, you know, if I'm thinking that like 2020 is just screwed. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't know about you, but on New Year's Eve of 2020, uh, 2020, going into 2021, I'm going to be celebrating in a bunker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I might be right next to you. Fair enough, come on up. <laughs> so last but not least, before we wrap up, we wanted to shout out to our first reviewer, is going to get a shout out from us on our next podcast, right? And we're going to call them, what were we going to call them? Our number one fan. Number one fan. So if you like the podcast, please review it, share it with your friends, subscribe, all of those good things. But our first reviewer of this episode is going to get a shout out and get to be known as our number one fan. And we will be talking about you for episodes to come and our deep and abiding appreciation for our fan base that started with you. All right. Well, that does it for us today, I think, Jeremy. Yes, indeed. It, it, was, it was great. I will see you next week. Sounds good.